Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. And now, and now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. You got your ass, baby. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow now, is there? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast, Podcast. with host A. Trunk. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New every Thursday, always free, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out and subscribing. Appreciate you doing so. As I tell you every week, the podcasts you hear, uh, the interviews, I should say, that you hear on this podcast originated on my Sirius XM radio show. That show is Trunk Nation. It's heard on Channel 106 Volume, live daily, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Nightly re-airs, 10 to midnight Eastern. Anything you want, anytime you want on the Sirius XM app, audio and video. If you only listen to this podcast and you can access Sirius XM, I encourage you to come on board because you're only getting a tiny fraction of what I do on a daily basis live on the radio here on this podcast. So if you're not already listening, come on board with us every day for Trunk Nation on Sirius XM volume. There's also a sixth show on Mondays only, 5 to 8 Eastern over on Hair Nation. And you also have uh, a, a uh, FM show that I do every week syndicated as well. So a total of seven broadcasts, six live on Sirius XM Hope you join me if you are not already on board with Trunk Nation. Hope everybody's having a good week. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff coming up this weekend. If you happen to be in Southern California, you can catch me uh, tomorrow. If you're listening to this on post day Thursday, you can catch me tomorrow, Friday, the 22nd of April at the Legendary Whiskey, where I'll be hosting a show with Shark Island, legendary Southern California band. New record came out a year or so ago. Big show they're doing at the Whiskey. I'll be there to host that again on uh, this Friday, the 22nd. Hope to see you there. And also in this same area, right up the street, as a matter of fact, on the 24th, you can catch me at the Rainbow, 
where I will be hosting the 50th anniversary party for the legendary Rainbow Bar and Grill. It's totally free to get into. Starts around 1 o'clock in the afternoon, goes till 10 p.m. I won't be there the entire 10 hours, but I'll be there certainly towards the back end of the day. And hope to see you. And it should be a lot of fun among the acts performing. I include uh, Steel Panther, Stephen Piercy, Orgy, um, many others. The, all the names escape me at the moment, but there's a pretty big variety of rock and even some non-rock stuff on the bill. And it should be a great hangout there in the parking lot of the Rainbow this coming Sunday. Again, if you're in Southern California and attending, I'll see you there hosting that. Uh, and then also from there, I've got uh, April 30th in Tulsa at the BOK Center, where I'll host Megadeth, Lamb of God, and In Flames. And then on May 1st, catch me at the Dallas Guitar Expo. I'll be there from noon till about 5 p.m., hosting performances by John Five, Frank Hannon, and Paul Gilbert, and also doing a speaking Q&A hour there. Very brief appearance this year at the uh, Dallas Guitar International Festival because I've got to get over to Orlando that night where I will go out on the Cruise to the Edge, which is the progressive rock cruise that sails May 2nd. And I look forward to doing some broadcasts on the Sirius XM show from that. We're also going to do a Rush Top 5 from that ship. Should be a lot of fun. Always great broadcasting from cruise ships. Really cool setting. And it's the one time a year I get into the prog world a little bit and pay tribute to those artists and have a few of them on and actually discover that music through that cruise because admittedly I don't know it all inside out but it's it's cool to go out and uh you know dress that world of rock which is very very underserved when it comes to media and radio. So it's good to get a couple radio shows in uh from that cruise I've done it in the past it should be great. So that's what's going on as usual social media at Eddie Trunk to keep up with all of my stuff. Twitter, Instagram, page on Facebook, eddietrunk.com is the website. This week, as far as an interview for you, I have uh, Tom Kiefer. Tom, of course, is the founding member of the band Cinderella, their lead singer, their songwriter, their guitar player. Tom, for now many years, has been working as a solo artist simply under his own name. He has a fantastic band. Uh, he is he prides himself on something I appreciate greatly, which is doing everything real and live. And the band is just incredible to see. Now, they have not played in a while. Tom has been on the down low, actually, for a few years. Uh, he had some announced performances that he canceled out on. And we talk a little bit about that in the interview you're about to hear. We also talk and Tom talks for the first time ever about the passing of Cinderella's guitarist, Jeff Labar. This is really Tom's first and, to my knowledge, only interview that he has done in a really long time. And again, it did air live a few weeks back on my volume show on Sirius XM, where all these interviews come from. Of course, Tom is also promoting a tour coming up called Sonic Slam that he will be headlining, along with special guest L.A. Guns and Faster Pussycat, so that is coming up soon, and I know the band are in rehearsals as we speak, getting ready for that tour. So a lot to cover with Tom Kiefer, old friend. We hadn't talked in a long time, and it was good to catch up with him, and you're about to hear that conversation on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Enjoy. Uh, we will now turn our attention to uh, a guy I've not spoken to for a very long time, and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting caught up with him. He's an old friend and uh, a tremendous musician, and he's getting ready to go out and headline a tour called Sonic Slam that features 
on it, L.A. Guns and Faster Pussycat. It'll be starting soon. We'll talk all about that and more with Tom Kiefer, who joins me live right now. Tom, how are you, man? I'm doing good, Eddie. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I was saying to my audience that uh, for the most part during the COVID thing, you've been more maybe on the down low than anybody I know. <laughs> you you yeah, were I, just uh, you were kind of under the radar. Tell me about that. Well, I, I'm just today's the first day I'm crawling out from under the, the COVID rock. Honestly, um, <laughs> you're you're my first interview in got two uh, two years, I guess. Um, you know, we uh, we toured and, and just wore ourselves out for so long with, uh, you know, building the Kiefer Band. And, um, you know, I think we had a, a, a really big tour scheduled with, with Rad, the Big Rock Summer Tour in 2020 that we were looking forward to. Probably our, uh, you know, biggest yet. We had uh, weeks in Europe and a bunch of dates here with that package. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny, sometimes life gives you what you need in, in the sense of, um, I think when the world slowed down as a result of the pandemic, I realized that I actually needed a break. So I think that's why during this time I've just been so dark because I, I was, I was burnt. Um, so on one hand it's, you know, unfortunate you know you never want to see a tour go down and obviously no one wanted to see what happened to the world with covid but um and with regard with regard to what you're asking me with me kind of being off the radar you know i realized how much of a break i, I really needed to take so um, what what kind of stuff tom during that break what kind of stuff did you do did you write did you play at all did you sing i mean i know during the whole lockdown stuff, there were a lot of artists that did a lot of social media stuff and performances online and streaming and things like that. It sounded like that, it sounds like that didn't really appeal to you all that much, but did you do anything else creatively or did you just choose to spend time with the family and lay low? Man, it was a, a lot of family time that was, that was really nice, you know, um, watching a lot of movies and popping popcorn and just, you know, locking down in the house like everyone else was doing. Um, a lot of just kind of chilling out and staring at the wall, to be honest, because I, I, like I said, I, I just got to a point where I was pretty burnt. So, um, uh, not a lot of creative things at first, you know, that always kind of comes in seasons for me, as I've said in the past. And, um, you know, we had just done that rise record in the tour and really the tour in 2020 was going to be a continuation of that. Um, so so I would say it wasn't until like last summer uh, some song ideas started coming in to the into the brain. Uh, Savannah actually started, uh, you know, her antenna started pulling down some thoughts. So we've been kind of making voice memos of thoughts and ideas and jotting down lines and lyrics and stuff, and that's starting to come back again. So um, we're at some point going to do another record. Um, with Kiefer Ben, um, probably this tour is creeping up on us a little faster than we thought. So I think it, that studio project would be, you know, after this. So as a songwriter, for you, the process of songwriting, it's not something that happens that you're, you're constantly jotting things down. It's more of a thing where you've got to 
locked down and really focus on it and, and comes in, in waves? Is that is that how you operate for the most part? Well, it comes in waves, but it, it, it's, it's kind of like a, a cycle of you go out and you live life and you tour and you, you know, just live life in general and you observe and experience things and feel emotions. And at some point they, they start to show up as things that feel like songs. And, it, you know, I can go long periods where there's no song ideas at all. And I've learned over the years not to get too freaked out by that. <laughs> I used to like, man, I haven't had a song idea in two years. Um, what, uh, am I ever going to get another one? And then, bang, you know, all of a sudden they just start dropping out of the sky. So it's actually not a thing where I have to sit down and focus. It's a kind of wait for your life experience to kind of purge itself in the sense, in the form of something that feels like a song. So the Rise record was very much like that. You know, we'd spent so much time on The Way Life Goes and touring behind that to promote it and to kind of, you know, build the chemistry with that band out on the road and all. And, man, I wasn't writing or doing anything. I was so caught up in all of that. And when we got off the road in 2018, I'll be honest, I had no plans of making a record. I mean, um, you're always toying with the idea, but there really weren't, I mean, there were song ideas, kind of, you know, little lines written down and voice memos. And the next thing I know, when we got off the bus, before we knew it, we were in the studio and there was just songs flying left and right and we made a record and, and like, nobody saw it coming. So it's kind of how it's always worked for me. I mean, obviously back in like the Mercury days with Cinderella, you were more on like a timeline where, you know, you had to, but it still kind of worked the same way. It was always hard for me to force writing, you know, I have to wait for it to come to me. But fortunately back then we toured for, you know, 18 months at a time. So out on the road, I would spend a lot of time in the hotel room and songs would come to you. There was so many new experiences then being on the road and, leaving home for the first time, really. So a lot of those songs came, you know, uh, as a result of being on the road. And like I said, we toured for such long periods of time, even with that, that you know, that kind of schedule that the label would keep you on. There was always plenty of time for that season of new song ideas to come to you, you know. So, but it's, so it's, it's always worked that way for me. Anyway, yeah, it's a, I, I can't... It's interesting. Any, anytime I've no, got a song... It usually sucks. So <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting how people looked at uh, you know coming out of this uh, pandemic, which hopefully we're f- fully on the other side of. Fingers crossed. But it's interesting in all the artists I've talked to because during it, I had people that like every day they're pumping something out online or a video or this or that, and then others where they they said, "Look, the reason for it sucked." But the end result for me ended up being good because I really needed the break and it recharged me in a lot of ways. And so it sounds like you were very much in that second category, that it was it was a welcome break, even though the reason for the break obviously is not what anybody wanted, which was a pandemic, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really mixed emotions. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, obviously, personally, it was, you know, it's there were aspects of it, even personally, that weren't fun for anybody to go through, including us. But if if there was any if there was anything positive, it's what you just said. You know, it, it was kind of a much needed break and family time. 
and time to be able to, you know, but before we, we I started touring with, with the new band, I'd done three tours in a row with Cinderella. So I'd literally been on the road for 10 years straight um, and made two records with the, you know, for the solo thing, uh, tons of press. I mean, uh, um, it just, it was just a very hectic, wonderful time, but I didn't realize how burnt I, I was from it. Um, and until the world stopped and slowed down, you know, and, um, obviously there was many tragic aspects of that, that are, they're horrible, but, um, the, the, you know, the, the one thing that I, as you said, a lot of people have said, and a lot of people have said to me too, I didn't realize I needed to take a break. You know, you hate to have it forced on you by something so awful, but, you know, if you can find one positive in it, what I've heard a lot of people say is that, you know, I, I need it to slow down. And for you, so. having had a history of, of issues vocally, I would imagine it was also a good thing to not sing for a couple years. I didn't sing a note um, for two years. I didn't touch a guitar for almost two years. I picked a guitar up last summer when I started getting some song ideas um and i love singing and playing guitar but i think that kind of speaks to how much i just needed something different i guess Um, right right you know it it's um and you know that's just you know been a joy since i was a kid and i still enjoy it but it wasn't like a conscious thing to say i'm not gonna sing or play (laughs) no because i need to get away from it it was like I was kind of like a year and a half into it, and I realized, wow, I haven't even gone near a guitar or a microphone, you know, and didn't even realize it, you know, it was just, but, you know, our our family had, you know, um, some really great quality time together, and uh, like I I said, that was was one of the the positives of it, and and getting a break, Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, Obviously, what came with that is, is as much as maybe it felt like a break, obviously what every, everyone was feeling, regardless of whether they felt like they were getting a break or not, was the stress of the situation itself and where it was heading you know, and the state of the world and just how far was this going to go? How bad was it going to be? So in a way, I, I will say, um, yeah, a nice bit of air for a break but at the same time this kind of underlying stress and anxiety so it was you know i i think a lot of people would would say the same thing i'm sure you would too it's a you get that you get you get this break that's forced on you but it's circumstances that are pretty horrible and they're pretty uncertain and there's this underlying stress and anxiety as to you know how how is this all going to end up so very mixed of feelings. I think everyone would agree with that. And obviously, um, you know, my heart goes out to anyone who lost a loved one during it. It's just, it's just a terrible thing that, that happened. Um, yeah. Yeah. No so. doubt. No doubt. Uh, you know, hope, interestingly, hope, hope, hope we're, we're going to behind us. You know. Yeah. So, well, so do I, I mean, I think we, it's starting to feel kind of normal out there and I've been out there an awful lot myself, but, uh, you never know. We're just always kind of 
holding your breath, hoping that another shoe doesn't drop here somewhere because things are ramping up. You're getting ready to ramp up. You've got a tour coming called Sonic Slam we're going to talk about here in a second. But before we get to that, I think what a lot of people were looking looking at and, and uh, expecting was the first Kiefer show was going to be on the Monsters of Rock Cruise, which you were billed on and did not perform on. Um, what happened there? Well, you know, I'll, I'll start by saying again, you know, it's, uh, you know, related to what we were just talking about. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, as much as I did to try and avoid catching COVID, um, it got me. So um, I know a lot of other artists, there was a lot of changes on the lineup. And, yeah. um, you know, so it's, I, I don't, I, pretty much everyone... I know has gotten it at this point. Um, and so it's, you know, it's, uh, was unfortunate. We always loved doing the monsters of rock cruise and, um, that was an unfortunate situation. So, so right now you're scheduled to start with your first date, which will be M3 on May 7th in Maryland. And then the tour uh, the actual tour, Sonic Slam, starts June 1st, and that tour is with uh, special guests L.A. Guns and Faster Pussycat. So it's a, it's a great bill. Tell me a little bit about this tour coming together, and also, Tom, your history, uh, I'm sure going back to Cinderella with both of those bands, because I know you've got... Uh, you know, I remember when, uh, speaking of M3, I remember you and I were at M3 one year, and... That's just when Tamey had his issues on the road and ended up in the hospital, and we were all extraordinarily concerned about him. And he's he's turned a corner and now is completely healthy and sober, and it's wonderful to see. But I know you had a lot of concern at that time because you had known him for a long time and, and all of that. So if you can, talk a little bit about your history with, with both L.A. Guns and with Faster Pussycat and how the tour uh, for the three of you to package up came about. Uh, yeah, well, I'll start by saying uh, both bands uh, for me from from our era were two of my favorites and, and still are. I mean, that we've done shows with them recently um, in, in recent years, and they're both still amazing live. Um, I think that they, uh, you know, as you know, I, I know you appreciate a, a rock band that gets up there and does it live and does it real, and they both do. Um, yep, a hundred percent. That jumped out at me about this tour. Of uh, I said um, to my audience, I said this is all. All three of these bands are as as real and honest as you're going to get. There's not going to be any laptop or Pro Tools rig up there. And it's funny, Tom, because I'm looking at your website, TomKiefer.com, and I had no idea about this until a second ago. But on, and I don't know if you know this, on the homepage of your website is a tweet from me about uh, from a show seeing you guys. And saying how great the band sounded and how refreshing it is to hear a hundred percent live band the way you guys do it. Yes, I, that tweet. I was, uh, you know, I, I always appreciate your kind words about us. And and when we were putting together a bio, I I actually selected that tweet <laughs> to have. Oh, I, thank I you. I'm honored. That be put in, that be put in the in the bio because I know you meant it, and um, it means yeah. a lot to me because I, I I have great respect for your musical um taste and um but yeah guns and faster you know they're they're, they're both you know I, I think all three bands are kind of gritty dirty rock and roll in, in a different way they complement each other um and like i said we've done shows together in the past and in, in recent years and it's 
it's always been a great time and they've always been two of my favorites from from the era you know great songs just cool edgy you know they weren't um well, they were a little little less predictable you know than, than some uh, some other 80s bands you know I, I thought their music and their approach to things so yeah um and we uh it just felt like a natural thing you know we wanted to put together a a package to kind of go and do those mid-level you know larger theaters and clubs we're doing a, a few small amps and and even a couple small arenas and um so we thought you know the combination of some of the parts would be uh you know good for those kind of rooms and so that's you know just how it came together and I, i'm really looking forward to it I, I really love both bands you know it's kind of for me it's great to see bills like this come around because i know having been in this business now nearly 40 years i know the beaten you guys and all you bands all the bands from the 80s took throughout the 90s and many left many of them for dead and and considered that this was never going to happen again and people were not ever going to have an interest in this and i knew that was not the case i knew it would come back around and essentially become a new generation's classic rock which is what i think it's become so for you is it i mean and you took it on the chin just like everybody else that came out of the 80s and looked however everybody looked back then so for you i would imagine um you know it's, it's great to be able to do this to play great rooms and to be able to put a bill together with bands that you came up with on the scene and still and all three bands still be really good and also still be able to now draw and play and, and, and be treated like you should have been all along, just bands that made great music in the eighties, not necessarily part of, you know, the, the term I hate the hair metal thing, you know, I, I despise that. So I, <laughs> I, I think that it's great to see that happening now that it, it's, it kind of, it's kind of proof that like, this this was always about the music. Every era had its look, but this was always about the music, and good music stands the test of time. Yeah, well, I, I think there was a lot of great rock and roll created in in the in the eighties, um, and I, I think uh, the, the bands had very unique sounds, and they were lumped together more by a look than sounds. But if you go from Guns and Roses to Faster Pussycat to LA Guns to Poison to Cinderella to Tesla to twisted sister and i'm i'm leaving out a bunch you know they're you know it it was similar in the sense that it it was hard rock but all of those singers had very dis different distinctive voices that you could pick out um you know bread is very different than axel and uh you know it, 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 i'm different from you know i don't know i'm getting tongue-tied here and confused but you know what i'm saying there were unique sounds uh, in the vocals that to me stood out a lot. I, I thought the, the singers in the 80s had um, very distinctive styles from each other. And I think a lot of great music was was made back then. And, um, you know, Eddie, the truth of the matter is I, I, I can't I can't complain or have any regrets about anything. I think any artist at any time in the music industry, it's not a kind business. And you're going to you're going to get punched and you're going to have to take punches. And I think those who persist um, and continue to uh, dedicate themselves not to focus on the punches, but to focus more on dedicating um, themselves to their their craft and their music and writing. Um, will you know, will you know, hopefully, you know, come out on top. So I'm, I'm incredibly grateful to the fans who have who have you know, 
hung in there and still come out and sing the songs every night. And like I said, the entertainment business is not always a, a, a nice place. And you're, you, if you go into it, you should expect to take some punches. And I think every era does. And um, I think I, I try to not focus on that. I just try to focus on playing music, which is what I love. And when you talk about singers, obviously your voice is incredible and always has been, but it's incredibly distinctive as well. But also, interestingly, when you say that, I think about the other two bands you guys that, that you're doing this tour with, uh, Faster Pussycat and, and L.A. Guns. Phil Lewis, to me, is one of the most underrated singers, and I see L.A. Guns all the time. Incredibly powerful voice he still has. And, you know, Phil's not a kid. Even though he looks young, he's, he's not a kid either. And, uh, yeah. and then you look at Tammy, who has been through the ringer in every possible way and is now healthy and sober and a changed guy. And what he's doing vocally in his stage performance, and he's got a super identifiable, more of a, you know, a punk rockish sort of gritty voice, a different si- side. So within Sonic Slam, you got three really identifiable voices, and I think re- three really cool voices from that era, and and all three very importantly still doing it really really well. Well, yeah, and I think that's what I was trying to express and didn't do maybe very well. You did it better than me. I think that extends beyond this tour is what I was saying about the 80s. You're right, Phil's voice is very unique. Tammy's is incredibly unique and very punkish, as you said. And, you know, I've, I've got a, an unusual voice, <laughs> shall we say. Um, but I, I think, you know, that's what I was trying to say broadly about the 80s, that I think that, you know, there were a lot of very distinctive vocal textures from band to band, you know, and I think that that would made the, the, the era more colorful in that sense. Yeah, no doubt. The first date on this tour starts June 1st, Liverpool, New York, uh, and then you go from there, and everybody listening around the country, you can go to TomKiefer.com, just hit the tour dates. You can see all the dates that Tom is doing. And additionally, Tom, you are going to be doing a show which I'm actually going to be hosting for our friend uh, Doug Burgess in Tulsa at an arena, BOK Center, and that's going to be Poison headlining with you and also L.A. Guns on that. So that should be a fun one, and that's on August 20th at the BOK in Tulsa. So in addition to Sonic Slam, it sounds like there's going to be a few times where you'll jump off and actually go out and support uh, a few acts here and there like you're doing with Poison in Tulsa. Yeah, Poison's the only one on the schedule at this point in, in Tulsa. Um, the other, we have some isolated dates outside of the two-month period of Sonic Slam, which was June and July. Um, the first being M3, which were the uh, headliner on Saturday night. And then we have the Box Center where we are supporting Poison. And then in September, um, we're doing the uh, Rock Timber festival which um with a headliner on saturday night there as well and the night before that we're at northern lights casino and i believe the night before the box center were on the monsters on the mountain um i think they're tying up um the uh, details on that uh so kind of oh larry i guess <laughs> from, all from right that's creative, what i so. that, yeah <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> the, the, i, well, I, I had heard that to make to make that up to him, um, you know, I, I, you know, look, it's it's unavoidable. Like I said, at, at this point, everyone I know has, you know, 
as as hard as everyone has tried, you know, it's something that's been difficult to avoid. And, um, you know, Larry was very understanding. And I, I know that he had a lot of things changing and moving parts on that on that cruise. Yeah, so, I I'd, but we I'd had heard that that was on the mountain. Yeah, I'd heard that that was uh, in the works, but I, it wasn't on your site yet, so I didn't want to mention it until we knew if it was happening. But um, but likely, no, yes. Not, ooh, and, I, hope, I hope I didn't say something <laughs> I shouldn't have said. You know, I'm the just going to your site. That, yeah, the agents <laughs> and the managers worked that stuff out. <laughs> but I know that that's sure I know that's possible sure because be there. <laughs> right. Well, I know that that's possible because I might actually be doing the same routing because I've got to be in Tulsa for your show there. But I also might hit that the day before. So I know, that, you know, maybe maybe we'll share a flight, actually, because that's what's being discussed right now. But we'll see how that all plays out. But uh, I'm yeah, sure we'll it'll be, be confirmed bus. soon. We'll be on the site. What's we'll that? So. We'll be busing. So, um well, save me a bunk then. <laughs> I, I, we have one. You're more than welcome. Um, I'll, I'll jump in with Higby. He and I can uh, hang out. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. I'll, so, I'll, tell I'll let, me. I'll let, I'll let Tony know that you want to share a bunk with him. <laughs> well, he listens every day, so he just found out. That's why I said it. So, yeah. So you, you, it sounds like you're. You know, the rest did you good, and you're looking forward to getting back out there. I know the fans are looking forward to seeing you. This is going to be a great package with uh, with LA Guns and Faster Pussycat, and you'll do this run, and then it sounds like you know maybe at some point you'll start thinking about solo record number three. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, those uh, inspirations started coming, you know, kind of last summer and the song ideas are starting to collect. And like I said, eventually there's just always that point where it just kind of hits you out of nowhere. And next thing you know, you're in the studio and you're making a record. So um, I I think that'll probably, uh, at this point, with the schedule of touring and all, wouldn't be you know, minimum till the fall. And Tom, uh, two quick things and I'll let you go. I, I haven't had a chance to talk to you and, and I don't think you've done an interview since the, the passing of Jeff Labar. So my condolences on that, uh, ha- him having been your bandmate in Cinderella for all those years. Um, anything that you want to say about Jeff and, and the tragedy of losing him? Well, I, I got to tell you, you know, you're, you're never really ready for that kind of loss you're not prepared to hear that kind of thing. And everyone is still trying to grieve and process it. Um, it's, it's a, an emotional topic. Um, Jeff was just such a passionate, amazing person, musician, human. He had, had a huge heart and, um, it's just, you know, it, it was a tough one, man. That you know, it still is for for everybody. Um, it's um, you know something that Jeff and I had a you know a really good relationship throughout our career. You know, obviously in bands, there's times where you have differences. Um, that's part of being in a band. You know, it's true what people say about bands that. Um, they're like a family, but honestly, it's like that and even more intense um, because there's so many different facets that inform the dynamics between bands and, you know, everything from business to creativity and everything in between. But um, despite 
any differences, you know, that we've had over the years and, and the band in general, as I've always said, you know, we've never aired anything like that. Um, Jeff and I had a great relationship. I love Jeff. Um, really did and have so many great memories of our journey together. And I just, I, it, it's, you know, it's, you're, you're right. I mean, it's my first interview and I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to break down even talking about this. Um, it's, it's sad, brother. Sad. Yeah. Well, I know I didn't, I didn't mean to, you know, hit you with that in that way, but I, I know that it's been some time since we lost him and a lot of fans called in and remembered him and we celebrated him on this show and we all uh, certainly grieved his loss. But like I said, you've been, uh, as you, for understandable reasons, you know, on the down low yourself, and I, I wanted to express my condolences to you and, of course, you know, Fred and Eric, and just give you an opportunity to make any comment that you'd want to about Jeff as a as a person, a contributor, Cinderella, and also as a musician. You know, it's just you're you're oh, you know, he, the other guitar player in the band. Yeah, he he was amazing, and you know, not just what he contributed to the music, but I just have, you know, Jeff had such a great sense of humor. And uh, some of my favorite memories with Jeff are just kind of cutting up together on the bus. And, you know, we were both big movie fans and could quote pretty much all of our favorite movies. And we'd sit in the front lounge and, you know, quote Arthur and the Big Lebowski and Caddyshack. And, you know, um, he he was, uh, you know, just a, just a really passionate, really fun guy to be around and obviously an amazing performer it was a huge part of Cinderella and it, you know, it's just, a, 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 like I said, I mean, it, you're never ready for that. And, um, everyone is really, honestly, uh, I'm in touch with Eric and Fred regularly, um, everybody close to him. And, um, it's, you know, we're still trying to process it. We really are. Yeah, and as you said, uh, not prepared for it. I mean, you could imagine what Dave Grohl's going through right now with Taylor Hawkins. I mean, it's uh, yeah. talk about not being prepared yeah. and not seeing like that something like that coming, and it's just it's horrible when that this we have to deal with this stuff and address it and talk about it. It's just uh, very very difficult. But um, you know, there was a lot of love for Jeff, and when he passed, I felt that certainly from my audience as well. Yeah, that's all I saw online was really, really positive, you know, because he, he projected that, you know, he was a, he was a good soul. Yeah. And, and the a, last a good, thing, a good, a good friend to me, he was, um, you know, obviously there, you know, we, when you're in the band, you, you try to hold each other up and there was things, you know, anything that Jeff was ever going through in his life, he would, I, I would, I would try to have his back on and, and he did the same for me. And, um, you know, especially when I had my voice challenges, he was really supportive. Um, there was a point where I was just at, at just an all-time low before I met Ron Anderson, and I was so self-conscious about my voice that I didn't even, I didn't want anyone in the rehearsal room when I was trying to work through it. And I asked Jeff if he would just come in and play guitar and let me sing, because I couldn't. You know, there was, was so much brain power just trying to work through the vocal issues that I couldn't even play the guitar and sing at the same time. And he, he came every day with just me and him and, uh, he just played the guitar and I sang the songs and, um, 
he heard a lot of really bad things come out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and he would just always look at me and say, you're doing great. So, yeah. you know, and I, I, I always tried to return and have his back on, you know, he, he had his challenges too. So we, right. um, we had a good relationship. We really did. And I, I loved him. I know in my heart, he loved me. And in the end, that's what is most important. So, um, and I have great memories of him and I can, they're forever in my heart and I, you know, cherish them. Yeah. Uh, I only got a minute or two left here, but I thank you for, for sharing that. Um, and on a lighter note, I don't know if you saw this, but a caller called it to my attention just before you called in today. You're familiar with the guitarist Buckethead? Yes, yes, of course. He was with uh, the, the what I'm most familiar with is um he was with Guns N' Roses and or one of right. the one that the version when the the record was released finally. Yes. Right, am I right about yes. that? Yes. Yep, yeah, 100%, but he also has a bunch of solo records and he uh yeah, uh, caller mentioned this. He's an incredible he's an incredible guitarist. I I, I, yeah. I actually well, have listened to some of his solos. So. So apparently a couple of days ago, he posted on his website just a random note that his dream band that he'd now like to try to put together, if he ever could, was a band that would be you, him, and Bootsy Collins. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, don't know. Well, that, I don't know if you have any history I, with Buckethead or you're looking for a side project, but Buckethead's looking I, for you, I, Tom. I've, <laughs> I've never met him, but I've, I've heard his playing and he's... He, extremely talented and i'd I'd like his outside the box thinking because that's that would be an interesting combination and um but you know at at this point in time anyway i'm quite dedicated to what we've been doing for the last uh, you know nearly 10 years so the um, real question tom the real question is i'm not much of a multitasker i know a lot of people kind of jump from things to that you know i'm I'm really right. bad at that, man. I have, I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I can really only, you know, I get asked all the time, say, can you come be part of this? And it's like, I, I'm not a multitasker, but I'm, I'm flattered. I think, I, I think that's an interesting idea. So, the real question is, would you indeed, would you also wear the bucket on your head? Like he wears, I don't know if that might be part of a contingency of the band that you also have to rock the bucket. <laughs> I don't know. We would have to negotiate that, I guess. <laughs> You could cut your own deal. It doesn't have to be KFC. It could be a different bucket. It could be a different company. Let's get yeah. Tim on the phone. Maybe you could broker that deal. <laughs> you could have like a Chick-fil-A helmet or something. <laughs> yeah, a different kind of bucket maybe. Yeah, we could exactly. individualized buckets or um no, that that's a that's that's cool to hear. And I, yeah, I had no not, doubt. Well, listen it's, it was on his site a couple of days ago, and a caller called in. I wouldn't have known if he didn't tell me, but he knew you were coming on, so he said to bring it up to you. Anyway, man, I appreciate the time. It's great to hear your voice. I can't wait to hear your voice singing, and that's all coming up with the uh, Sonic Slam Tour. Go to TomKiefer.com to find a date. I'm going to be hosting the show in Tulsa with Poison, and on the Sonic Slam, I'm going to see you at Warehouse Live in Houston. I'm on board to host that one as well. That's on June 25th. So look forward to seeing you and the band and send my best to your wife, Savannah. And uh, anything you need, you know where to get me, bud. All right, brother. Great catching up with you. Um, you too. Take care of yourself, and, uh, all right? Yeah, you take care, Eddie. 
great, great talking rest, to you. Rest up. You're going to need it. I'm looking at your schedule, so get your rest now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> All right, my friend. All right, man. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Well, thanks to Tom Kiefer for joining me on the podcast. Much appreciated. And again, check out the Sonic Slam Tour getting ready to start up soon, along with L.A. Guns and Faster Pussycat. Should be a good triple bill. And as you heard in that interview, all three of those bands, 100% real and live, which is so important to me. And I appreciate the hell out of that. Should be great. Looking forward to catching some of those shows. As a matter of fact, if you're going to the date in Houston on that tour, I am scheduled to be there hosting that. So great to visit with Tom Kiefer. Glad that he is doing well and glad that he's getting ready to get back out there on the road again. It's been a long time since Tom has really done anything as uh, everybody continues to shake off the doldrums of COVID and get out there and do what they do. Thank you for listening to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Again, new episodes every Thursday. If you're in Southern California, I'll see you this weekend. Hopefully Friday at the Whiskey for Shark Island. Sunday at the Rainbow for the 50th anniversary party. I'll catch you guys on the radio every day, 2 o'clock Eastern Time, live on volume. Sirius XM Channel 106, talking rock with you. And, of course, back here next Thursday for another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.